All right, we're back once again with Rhythms of Grace. My name is Nate. Uh, I'm the executive pastor at Grace Church, and I'm here with Sung, the lead pastor of Grace Church. And uh, this podcast is is really about exploring things that either feel like there isn't always time for um, or in a particular sermon or like in a sermon series. So we've talked about rhythms and we've talked about seasons and we've actually been focusing on our most uh, recent sermon series out of the book of Job. Series is called Out of the Ashes and each week we've been talking about a part of the sermon that in many ways sort of got left on the cutting room floor. There just wasn't time for it, but it still is a critical part of the story um, and important for us to kind of create, to have a, a, a create a holistic understanding of the book um, and and what God might be trying to teach us. So we're doing that again. Uh, this is the last week in the series. And so I'm assuming you want to end with a bang. Is that <laughs> is that true? Uh, a bit of a whimper and uh, then a bang. Okay. All right. All right. That's okay. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. What, uh, what, where are we going to start today? Uh, today we're going to talk about the gift of illu- uh, disillusionment. Okay. Which uh, I, I just, I'm so excited about because I, I, I didn't get a chance to preach this, uh, this Sunday. Uh, some of the other teaching pastors and, and a friend of ours, uh, Rod Tucker, was preaching here in Ann Arbor. So uh, I'm excited to talk about it because I, I think it's just a really... Um, necessary topic to talk. So about. what you're saying is essentially, since you didn't get a chance to preach, yeah. you're going to take the opportunity That's now. Right. Hold <laughs> on to your hold on to your seats. Here we go That's for right. another hour and a half. Get comfy. Yeah, and and, and I think just the whole the, the idea of gift of disillusionment. I, I think on one hand is a bit counterintuitive. Sure. So I just love that idea. Maybe because I came up with that title too. Okay, there you go. <laughs> but you know, I, I think especially in this day and age, faith in Christ is no longer the rule. It is the exception. Yeah. And I think for those who are who have faith in Christ, especially in our day and age, there can be this sense of like, man, I feel betrayed by a God whom I believe to have like uh, like broken this implicit promise. Mm. Um, because of the things that I, I was taught growing up in church. And so for a while, maybe it worked for many, many years. You know, maybe you grew up in church and now you're an adult and faith worked for you. But now you just feel like, well, I, I've obeyed. I followed the rules, but the system, quote unquote, it is somehow failing me. Mm. I did everything right, but everything is going wrong. Okay. And so this is kind of where disillusionment and cynicism and jadedness can kind of crop up. Your prayers are unanswered. Your faith uh, went goes like unrewarded and you feel like God is AWOL. And so yeah. you, for some people it's like, man, okay. I, I think the lie of, you know, this promise of Christianity is now exposed. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think people also experience disillusionment, not just with God directly, but in some ways like God's people, people yeah. that call themselves Christians or, uh, or the way that the church as a, as a structure or an organization has operated in the world. Yep. Um, so there's a lot, there's a lot of disillusionment that can happen around the issue of faith, church, etc. Yeah, a- absolutely. When, you know, thinking about the church, uh, think of all the even recent church leaders who were indicted on sexual abuse yeah. or fraud. It feels like it feels like every month or every yeah. a couple times a month. It's like, ah, oh, there's another one. Yep. Yeah. And, and then even when you think of like sometimes uh, agnostics or uh, or even atheists, especially atheists, will say, "Is Christianity a force for good?" Look at mm. all the religious wars that are waged all around the world yeah. while children's bellies are 
are, are, are bloated and whole species are disappearing from the uh, from the planet like what force of, is christianity a force for good and, yeah. and they would say no right right and and so there is just a systemic kind of disillusionment um, and even abandonment of the Christian faith. I, I had one young woman come up to me not that long ago, and, and just in the midst of, this was when Trump was still president and the election was going on, and she was just she just came to me and said, you know, I'm really, really struggling because th- th- this was right before it seemed like Trump may win the, the 2020 election. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, I, I just come to realize a lot of my family members, my parents are like really strong Trump supporters. And I just don't understand how they could be that way. Mm. And because and because they're Christians and I was raised in, in a Christian home. So my faith is really, really shaken. I don't even know what to believe anymore. Mm. And so there was a strong sense of disillusionment in there. And so as we talked about it, um, you know, part of it was just really, and we talked a bit about this in the different stages of faith, uh, part of the, the season, but kind of detaching your faith in Christ from, let's say, your, you know, your church upbringing or even, even the faith of your mentors or your parents. Mm. Um, and, and so, uh, again, a lot of things can really shake us, uh, shake our faith. Uh, I had another uh, person say, you know, I, I lost my infant daughter. Like, I, I don't even know what to believe about God anymore. Yeah. And so in the midst of that, like, especially in the midst of suffering or, or tragedy, uh, that's where uh, this sense of disillusionment can rise out yeah. of. Yeah. Well, to, to go back to your example of, uh, of former President Trump, w- Addressing disillusionment was one of the main things that he spent a lot of time speaking. I mean, so Mm -hmm. this young woman was disillusioned because her parents were Trump supporters, but a lot of people decided to support Trump because of their own (laughs) disillusionment, right? Like they felt like this, this country is not what it should be. Like we need to, you know, make America great again was literally saying like we used to be amazing and call it the golden era of the fifties or the six, you know, um, a church on every corner and that's gone. It's time to get back to that. And there were tons of, I mean, millions and millions of people that said that's I'm disillusioned with the U S now Trump is promising something different. Now, whether he did or didn't, that's a totally different conversation, but that's, but that was a huge motivator for his, for his election. Yeah, it was. And, and again, this is not a political discussion, but just underneath all the disillusionment, whether it's political, cultural, spiritual, uh, just e- even relational, underneath all of that disillusionment, there is still a reason to hope. Mm. And, and this is where the whole idea of the uh, of the the gift of disillusionment comes in, because disillusionment can be a gift. And uh, if you take apart the word disillusionment, it, it, it basically is the loss of illusion. And, and illusions are not things that we want to live with, right? And so these are illusions maybe about ourselves when mm. you realize, man, I, I'm like, I, I, I'm uh, inside, deep down, I'm a lot worse than I, uh, yeah. of a person than I thought yeah. I was, right? Yeah. That, that disillusionment, that, that loss of illusion about yourself, it's a, it's a, that's a starting point for new growth. Yeah. Uh, I know even when we were first married, right, you, you just kind of live under this illusion of like this rosy colored picture of what your marriage is going to be like. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I don't remember, maybe it was like year six or seven. Um, yeah, the, we had this profound sense of <laughs> disillusionment. And it was like, wow, okay, like you're a real sinner. Yeah. <laughs> and so am I. Yeah. And, and, and 
you know, not that the years previous to that marriage was fake, but there's, there's just another level of depth that comes. Sure. That's also true when it comes to your faith in God. It's not a bad thing to lose the lies that you have mistaken for the truth. Yeah. I mean, we don't like to admit that we're living under a, a like an illusion. No. That's, I mean, that's one of the hardest parts is just being willing to say, oh, that wasn't, I, th- I thought that, but that wasn't true or that wasn't real. You know, I remember one time we were driving in the car and my older son had done something that really like made my younger son upset. And my younger son was saying, you did this, 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 and this. And we talked about it and it realized that my, my older son hadn't done any of those things, none of them. And I, so I said to my younger son, Levi, I said, so dude, you're upset, but None of that actually happened. And he's like, I know, but it it feels like it did. You know, like he still had this feeling like that what I felt must be true because I feel it so strongly. And so we don't like to admit that we're operating under false assumptions. Right. But getting past that, like you said, with your marriage, it opens up an ability to love someone for who they truly are instead of kind of maybe who you thought they were or wanted them to be or were hoping they were going to turn out to be. Yeah. You know, and I think that when it comes to our faith and our relationship with God, disillusionment means that we come to understand that God doesn't conform to our expectations, which is often the very same thing that we carry into marriage, right? I love her because she kind of conforms to my expectations. Right. And when she doesn't, like, who are you? But when it comes to our relationship with God, and we see this in Job, like at the end of the book of Job, uh, sorry if, if this is a spoiler alert, but you know, the book has been around for thousands of years. Yeah. You, should, you should have read it, but um, like Job sees how puny he is. And, and, and I, I think for us to understand that no human can say who God should be or how God should act mm. is part of the point in the book of Job. Because again, I said this in, in, in an earlier sermon, like, a lot of people get to the end of Book of Job and, and aren't really satisfied with the ending. Like, mm. okay, like, and part of the, it, it, the point is like, yeah, like, who are we to say what God should be like and how he should act apart from Scripture? Yeah. And, yeah. and so that poses a question for us. Like, what are some fictions that we hold about God? Sure. Right? We, we build these little frail shelters and— a lot of times, you know, the wind comes and a lot of times they just, it's a house of cards. Yeah. They're exposed for what they are. And so when we become disillusioned, we find out what is not true. And then we are set free uh, to pursue what really is true about God. And, and that is if we have the courage to do so. Yeah. Our disillusionment with God is God not living up to our expectations is fundamentally different than God not keeping his promises. Exactly. And that, that line can feel blurry in our minds, right? Especially like you said, if you're raised in a tradition of faith that has always said this thing, or if you've kind of been in a, in a situation in life that causes you to kind of only see God in one way, that can be hard to separate out from the promises that God himself has made. Um, and, leads to disillusionment. But again, that's the gift. Same with a relationship, loving someone for who they are or being in a relationship with God and loving God for who he is, is going to be significantly better than the greatest illusion that that you could kind of live under, right? right? It, It eventually will be because it's real. And that reality is, 
you can build anything off the foundation of reality. Mm-hmm. You know, where like you said, if if it's a, if it's an illusion, eventually it's going to fall apart. Eventually, at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you know, go, go into the book of Job, and uh, we were preaching about this. Uh, we preached about this on, on Sunday, but uh, Job chapter nineteen. Just you know, this is after he pleads to God to know why he's suffering. His friends have given all, him all these half truth answers, and then in chapter nineteen, he listen to the level of just disillusionment and disappointment he has. Um, chapter Job nineteen, verse nineteen. All my intimate friends detest me. Those I love have turned against me. I'm nothing but skin and bones. I've escaped only by the skin of my teeth. Mm. I mean, this guy is so disillusioned. But then something changes in verse 23. He says, oh, that my words were recorded, that they were written on a scroll. And and we'll save the ending for the end of the podcast. But something happens there. And I think this is really important to understand because many people who get disillusioned, especially by faith or God or church, do not have the heart or the will to pursue the next level of freedom because the pain is just of loss is too great. They've been robbed of the God who was supposed to be, uh, but and then and then the fear of this unknown God who who really is really paralyzes them from moving forward. And so oftentimes what happens is like a sense of cynicism becomes like a defense mechanism. And so they feel a sense of anger towards, let's say, their church or their leaders, which again, they're, they're, no church is perfect, no leader is perfect. Yeah. Um, but also sometimes they get angry at their own gullibility. Mm-hmm. How could I believe such a, a lie? Yeah. And that's so much of what I see, like, you know, uh, the, 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 the road to atheism is littered with people who have read the Bible from cover to cover. Mm. And it, it is exactly that. God has not conformed to my expectations. So how do we, how do we push our way through that discomfort? I mean, we've talked in an earlier podcast about how sometimes discomfort will cause us to retreat to yeah. an earlier stage of development or, or uh, in perspective on reality. But how do we how do we push forward through that? I think that's part of the solution. Is you know, we, so far we've been talking about people who uh, get disillusioned, uh, kind of like they. But the reality is, is it's we. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> everyone passes through the wilderness of disillusionment, and, and so um, part of it is is like as you go through that territory like indifference, apathy, resignation are ready to pounce at you. And so yeah. part of it is, like the real danger is not the territory itself. The, the danger is getting stuck in it. Yeah. And so how do you move forward? I, I think um, that's part of it is just, uh, you know, keep moving one foot ahead of the other. Move away from the God who was supposed to be in order to seek the God who really is. And I will say sometimes what people do when they get disillusioned is like, okay, this is not the God who, who I thought he was. And instead of going to scripture, they recreate God to ha- almost like to the, the opposite end of the, the spectrum. Mm. To say, well, okay, the, the God that I was brought up to believe, uh, you know, and this is a half truth, sends people to hell. Right. right? And so, therefore, the, 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 the new God in this new season, instead of really looking at scripture, it's really based on, I know I'm treading, you know, dangerous ground here. Don't send me any hate mail, but um, 
Like it, it's based on your own emotions and feelings and, and, and I mean, it's, it's the exact same trap that, that got them in trouble in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, it's just they're doing the same thing. You know, in some ways, that is the regression we talked about moving back to saying, well, I am going to decide who God is and what God is like. Right. And he's not like I like I thought he was here. So he must be like this. And right. and that you're just going to you're falling into the same trap again. Yep. Yeah. And so, you know, part of what's helpful is to let every letdown become a lesson. Mm-hmm. You know, every disappointment becomes some way of just saying, so who is God? Right? So did God fail to answer your prayer? Well, okay, then perhaps God is not a minion. Yeah. You know, did God fail to punish your adversary? Okay, perhaps God is not a policeman. Yeah. You know, did God fail to make everything right in your life? Well, perhaps God is not a, a fixer. Mm. And if God is not those things, the God who you thought he was, and this is the million-dollar question, then who is God? Yeah. It, it, to use an example from marriage— and and my wife and I too have gone through periods where of disillusionment, um, in our relationship or in the other person, and one of the things that we have always said to each other is that there's only one way, there's only one way through this, mm-hmm. and that is that's together. Like you're going to be on the other side, and I'm going to be there with you, and in some ways, um, that allows us to continue to put one foot in front of the other. There isn't the opportunity to, well, there's always the opportunity, but there's less of, of, a, of a tendency to get stuck in one place because we simply say, there's only one way that we're getting past this, and that's through it, and it's through it together, and so we just keep plugging along. There's like an element of grit um, that is sort of required to work through disillusionment. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think over and over again, uh, disappointment and disillusionment has a potential if you continue to, to even, even if you're plodding through, it has the potential to draw you deeper into the mystery of who God is and what he's doing in your life. Yeah. And so every time God declines to meet your expectations, and, and I, I, I intentionally say declines, uh, you know, because you're like, hey, this is, this is what I expect. And God says, no, thank you. What happens is another idol in your life is exposed. The curtain is drawn back, and you f- can finally see what you have propped up in your life in place of God. Yeah. And then you can say, oh, no, 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 that's not God. You know, wh- wh- where God should be in my life, I actually put the church. Yeah or this pastor, yeah. or this preacher, or, or my parents. Yeah. And you re- like that gets exposed, and, and that's a, an opportunity for growth. Yeah, and again, the beauty of, of, of disillusionment is that reality is something that we can build on. Yeah. You know, it's probable that if your image of God is false or flawed— you're not. You're almost unable to have honest conversations with God. You're praying to something like a little bit to the left or a little bit to the right, as opposed to really being able to say, like, God, this is who you are, and this is where I'm starting from, and suddenly you have an honest conversation. And it's really not different from any other relationship. If I have a false idea or a two-dimensional idea of who you are, there's no way that I'm going to be able to interact with you honestly. Because I will be speaking to someone that isn't sung in my own mind. My sort of made-up argument or conversation is not going to be 
with you in reality. And we do the same thing with God. And so that yeah. can be the, the tremendous gift, tremendous gift of disillusionment. Yeah, and I would say what happens when you get through to the other side is there is a new sense of wonder and curiosity. Like instead of coming to scripture and having this, having God in a box in your mind and going like, okay, does, does the God of scripture fit into this box of mine? Yeah. You approach it and you, you know, and, and you, there's a curiosity and a humility. And all of a sudden you realize God is greater than even your own imagination. He's wiser than anything you can understand. He's like more dazzling and brilliant than the universe. And he's like more present to you than even your own breath. And yeah. he is utterly uh, beyond your control. Yeah. And when you come to that place, uh, the, the, then the Christian life stops being this like duty-filled, boring kind of thing. It, it really becomes an adventure in, yeah. in, uh, in, in walking this out with God. Yeah. I had an experience like that when, we, when my wife and I were serving um, in Zimbabwe for several months. We actually went to like a, a, like a safari park where you kind of drive through. It was a lion park when you drive through in your vehicle. Um, and I remember experiencing for the first time the reality of a lion mm. up close. And you, you know, you, you kind of look at them and you're, you see a picture, they're kind of wonderful and they're majestic. And when you're up next to a lion and it's literally the size of your car, it is not at all the lion I expected it to be. You, I had no, like, you would imagine, oh man, I'd love to like bury my face in that lion's mane. When you're next to it, it's terrifying yeah. because it's the size of a car. And it, it, like my illusion of what a lion was disappeared, but an absolutely new perspective came in, which allowed me to appreciate it for what it actually was. Right. right. You know, and, and the, we have the same opportunity in our relationship with God. Absolutely. And this is where the book of Proverbs talks about the fear of the Lord. Yeah. Right. And we often read that, especially in the 21st century and go like, oh, that, that sounds terrible. It, it's the same kind of fear it's it translated as respect for you know the 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 lion yeah. standing next to you like you're it's not just a plaything it's not just a yeah. doll yeah. and so the fear of the lord is like you don't treat god like he's your buddy or your homeboy yeah. like this is a wild god that you cannot control and as a creature of a god like that you realize, man, I need an advocate. I need a flesh and blood mediator. Mm. I need a savior. In fact, and this is what exactly what Job says when he gets to the end of this chapter. He says, um, I know that my redeemer lives and that in the end he will stand on the earth. And there's just a sense of redemption, even in the midst of all the disillusionment that he was feeling. And honestly, the, the, like, you know, I look around this world. I mean, the shooting in Boulder just happened. Yeah. There's so much violence and racism. And I just, like, I want a safer world. And honestly, there, I want a more competent God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then I remember God's power is not controlling, but it's a redeeming kind of power. Mm. And, and so the, the power to raise the dead, including those who are, like just destroying themselves or, or violating others, right? This is the kind of power that God has. And, and there's a, a, a fear of the Lord that, that just penetrates your heart. And, and it, th then when you get to that place, it's less about like, God, how do you conform to my image? But how are you transforming me yeah. into your image? Yeah.
It's a good word, Sung. Does that feel like a good place to wrap it up today? Oh, man, I got so much more. Do you really? <laughs> we got time. We okay. got time. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, I, 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 I think this is the reality of uh, faith and disillusionment. Even if you get to, through to the other side, like, I, I, just to be honest, like, there are times when I have faith, and then at times I lose faith. Yeah. Right? Kind of like when, when you lose your keys, um, you don't realize you've lost it and you're like, oh my goodness. Or, or sometimes if you lose your phone and you're like frantically, oh my goodness, where's my phone? Yeah. Sometimes, I, you know, there are times when I'm just like, man, what, what ha- this is not the person I was yesterday. What right. happened? I've right. lost something. And, and then you find faith again, or, or better said, I think faith finds you, right? Mm-hmm. God finds you. And it's through it all. It, I, I, and I, this is where I want to end with more of a hopeful note too. Like, realizing that you are grasped grasped by someone in whom uh, you're in really good hands. And in the end, he has the last word and not you. And when you understand that, then all of a sudden the way that you interpret all of life is, man, what appears to be like, you know, you know death rows uh, may actually be the pangs of birth in your life. What seems like death to you, God is like releasing something in you so yeah. that he could bring something new out of your life. Yeah. And, so, um, and, and so that means like, yeah, grief. Grief might actually be uh, the hammer or the ax that breaks down the door of human isolation. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about grief and the ways that friends have come around us. What seems like death to us actually be, is the beginning of new life. And so we have a choice every single day. Like, how are you going to perceive uh, the circumstances in your life or, or even the news that you, you watch? Or, you know, is it just pure accident? Are we here just because of, you know, time plus chance? Or is there a greater providence in, in all of this? And, and this, the gift of disillusionment might be s- such a great gift that we underestimate because it has the power to save our souls and to change our lives that, Honestly, prosperity and kind of security can't really do in our mm-hmm. lives. And we talked about this concept when we were talking about the seasons of, uh, of winter and fall, yeah. which is that the contraction or the dying off, even in the natural world, is necessary. It's necessary for new life to begin. Sometimes things need to be taken away from us for us to be able. And again, I don't want to minimize the, the pain of loss that many people have experienced um, or that my own family has experienced in the, in, the, in the year of COVID. But the truth is that there are things that need to die for something new to be formed. Oftentimes that's our own expectations. Sometimes it's a false image of God or unrealistic expectations for a spouse or a pastor or a friend. And as those things are taken away, again, something new and something real can take its place. Yeah. Yeah. I guess one, we could talk more, but I'll just end with this, you know, so God is calling you to respond to who he is. Um, and so the question is for us is, are we going to respond to that? To, to his call, or are we just going to kind of close our ears and play deaf and just continue to be stuck in, mm. in this uh, this uh, swamp of disillusionment? Yeah. And, or worship a false god. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it, Sung. We made it through the first half of the book of Job. <laughs> I will say, 
It was tough going sometimes. <laughs> it's not a, it's not necessarily a very chipper book for most of it. No, at the same time, you know, uh, us and a lot of the other pastors at our different locations have heard from so many of you who have said, man, this, you know, it's been so helpful to process my grief and to just understand, uh, you know, the role of suffering and what God is doing. And so, again, it's, it's a double-edged sword. It's, it's a hard subject. Uh, some of you might be sick and tired of listening or, or you know, talking about suffering and all that. But at the same time, just understand that the, there are people in this world who, who, you, who are hungry yet suspicious. And oftentimes, too many, there are too many peddlers of junk food in the name of God. Yeah, and it's just not filling the the hungry souls of people around you. So, yeah, that, that's a call of God that that He has on your life. You know, let let's respond and be the church. So we're ending our sort of interim season here on the Book of Job. We're going to take a break for Easter, and in a couple of weeks, we're going to return with uh, season two yep. of Rhythms of Grace. Do you want to give us a preview on what season two is going to be about? I don't know what it's going to be about. We're going to figure it out, <laughs> and as soon as we know, you'll know. Thanks again for joining us on Rhythms of Grace. Have a great week, everybody. Yeah.